you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on buzzers. Correct. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Fingers, Fingers on, on buzzers. buzzers. How did you enjoy that break in continuity when we went live? Our live episodes, which were... Um, vastly different. Quite sweary. <laughs> When we were still allowed to do live shows, because oh, we we're are in a room with people. <laughs> this one, we've just got each other and Amanda um, in our lockdown, coronavirus lockdown. So uh, in the bunker. But we have got a fantastic show for you. I mean, we had Nick Helm, we had Kate Thornton. I thought we've exhausted the big names, but oh my goodness! Wow. We've got a big name for you again wow. today. One of the biggest names in TV quiz. It's Mr. Richard Osman, <gasps> who is going to be chatting to us later about his life in quiz. We've also got a, a listener quiz from another big name, Andrew Stubbs. Oh, that's a massive name. It's going to be a big name because he's done such a good listener quiz. Wonderful. And we're also going to be discussing how to host or devise your own quiz because a lot of people the number one thing that people have written to us about is we love your podcast Jenny and Lucy but we'd like to get involved in the world of quizzing so we thought we would allow that to happen by let's, talking you through it let's chat about the easy way to get started yes and that's all coming up soon so Jen we're going to talk about how to start in quizzing and for a lot of people that way is to set up your own quiz. Yeah, if you've got a passion for quiz, mm -hmm. you need some way of indoctrinating people. Yes, and that <laughs> finding is, your tribe. And that, that can often be writing and hosting a quiz, whether that is for your family mm -hmm. at Christmas. Which is which, a great way to start. Oh yeah, it's one, it, it certainly, it's, I was going to say the men from the boys, it separates the aunties from the uncles. <laughs> It separates and the everybody. The it gets quite competitive. Yes. And in some ways, the hardest quiz you will ever set because you are in a way too close to your audience. Yeah, but you also are challenged in the way that you are with any any pub quiz, but in a more extreme way in that you have to bear in mind the different generations, mm -hmm. the different interests. So you can be quite prescriptive with it. And then that will teach you how to put that onto a, a wider canvas mm -hmm. with, if you're going to host, say, a pub quiz, you don't know most of those people. So you're going to apply your quiz compiling skills to 
a mystery audience. Yes. Yeah. To strangers. Strangers. Well, a good way as well to do uh, a quiz outside the family, and often a way that people start is a sort of charity quiz or oh, yeah. something for an organisation you're involved with. PGA. I myself have been involved oh, with yeah. the Puccio quiz, which oh. is no end of fun. Oh, my goodness. That's that's deeply political <laughs> it is it is but i think you know some of the eternal truths about quizzing kind of are exposed when you do those kind of things so let's start with venue venue and tech yes because when you're doing a family quiz at home you don't need to think about microphones depends you on do- the size of your family <laughs> if you're boris johnson right? yeah. a bit of satire oh! bit of satire he's got a lot of kids um <laughs> or does he we don't know we just does he? don't know but uh, but yeah there's this sort of making a leap from doing something in your own front room to doing something yes. in a venue can be quite testing yes so you're right yeah you you need to be first and foremost heard yep so you probably will need some sort of amplification a microphone and a lot of amateur quiz hosts go no my voice is loud enough no it's not it's not no it's it's more about nuance and clarity Mm. than being able to bellow what's the capital of uruguay across the tap room <laughs> yeah because someone pub. sometimes you want to do something a little bit more sophisticated yes. don't you so be able to be well heard definitely possibly seen possibly seen i've done some t- i mean this is stand-up not quizzing but i remember doing a quiz at a race course during the day and they had a beautiful big window out onto the race course and i stepped up to do my bit as an after dinner speech and the light was shining in and nobody could see me at all i was silhouetted oh. it was like i was in witness protection <laughs> <laughs> identities have been changed exactly <laughs> the mystery comedian master who is completely innocent so it's worth thinking about that kind that of thing as point. well so yeah. think about your venue think about your audience and yeah. what kind of uh, questions you, they're going to require something that now this is number one thing that people always talk about is cheating oh and we will talk a bit more about this at some point in the series i think but yeah try and find a way to either make your questions cheat proof or just you know take the means to cheat away from them that is a that's a deep dive and i think it's it's worth devoting a bit more time to than than fleeting reference right now i think there's a lot of different mm. methods I have seen employed. Yes. And some more successful than others. So, But it's certainly something to think about when you are planning a quiz because people more get so very than, More so than ever in this day and age of technology. Smartphones and what have you, yes. Yeah. The other thing that I was going to mention is timing. Because as an amateur quiz host, the thing I have observed and indeed been guilty of myself is you generally think you're going to need more questions than you actually do yes and running late is never popular in a way much better to leave them wanting more i think do you agree running late is a is a bit of a cardinal sin Mm -hmm. you've got to run to time give them plenty of breaks to go to the bar especially if it is a fundraising kind of event yes on the other hand it is always wise to have a round to spare just in case they are really wanting more and you're going quite fast mm. so it's finding that delicate balance between keeping it pacey and getting through a lot of content yeah and not overrunning and not doing too much and overwhelming people you probably don't need as many questions but maybe as you say have an extra round up your sleeve in case you need it but yeah. hopefully you won't yeah. i think that's have a little a bit very of flexibility about it yeah. yes exactly um and also yeah that point about actually people aren't only there i think it's very easy to forget that people are not just there to hear you asking questions yeah and i've definitely been guilty of this of sort of going well why do you need to talk what do you need to you don't need to <laughs> chat you don't need intervals but actually people also want to have a sociable night yes as well as uh, listening to you tell your questions. This one, I think I'm going to finish on this one, Jen, because it's quite an important one. Publicising your quiz and getting people in, because this is something that I, again, when I first started doing quizzes, did not think about nearly enough. I just thought, if you build it, they will come. But often, if you build it, they don't know about it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's important to give yourself a good publicity blast, particularly when you are bedding in. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to let people know that it's still on because people say, oh, I've not been to that quiz for a couple of months now because this, that and the other. Is it still running? And you're still there plodding along, which means they they think, oh, I've not seen anything about it. I've not seen a poster in the pub. Yeah. I've not heard people talk about it. I've not done a face, you know, seen a Facebook event for it. So it's you need to draw people in in the first place and let them know it will be happening. But also if it's a regular event, keep them coming down and keeping that, that interest going. You've got to keep selling You can't it. take it for granted. No, just never take your audience for granted. That's, no. If there's one thing I've learned in show business, that's what it is. So there's a few pointers. We're gonna, as the series goes on, we'll probably discuss some more. There's some, there's some deep dives to be had there. But there is something that I wanted to impress upon our listeners. Yep. And I'm going to do this via the medium of quiz. There is no better, no better <laughs> there format. There is no better way. And this is that if you are hosting a quiz, always tailor it to your audience, as yep. you have said. Not only thinking about the ages, the cultural influences and interests of the people who are there, but also the specific thing that they have come to. So if it's for a charity, then acknowledge that, maybe do a bit of sort of something about that. If, you know, it's Christmas, it's Easter, give a little bit of content that's tailored to that. So what I have done is I have set, if we were setting a quiz, which we are, obviously this is fingers on buzzers. So I would write a round, which is about either fingers or buzzers. Fingers or buzzers. So (laughs) you are about to answer, Jenny Ryan, some questions on both fingers and buzzers. Question number one. How many muscles do most people have in their little finger? Wow. Wow. (laughs) That is strong. Mm. And now I'm looking at my little finger Mm. and looking at how crooked it is. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful finger, listeners. Yeah, here we go. This is this is for one. This is one for people at home. I put my two little fingers together to show how how crooked they are. They really are. They they're are facing ridiculous. away from each other. They're yeah, self isolating. Yeah, they, 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 it looks a little bit like you know the logo for Kappa. It does actually. Two back to back ladies. Back to back little yeah. fingers. Well, um, so you so may I'm not be typical, say but three most people. I love this question. Go on. The correct answer is none. The fingers do not have any muscles in them because the tendons, tendons in the oh. fingers are controlled oh, by so the muscles in the, the palm, in the palm and the forearm. Oh, that's, you know, I thought, why have you asked that? I know. Well, I should have thought why in a, in a, in the same way often when I'm on the chase, a question comes up in the headset. You go, why have they asked that if it's not the most ridiculous answer on the board? Mm. Well, there you go. And there you go. Zero. Zero is the... Yeah, you're quite right. Is It's all controlled by the... It's all your palm tendon. and your forearm. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Uh, which oh. of Henry VIII's wives was reputed to have six fingers on her right hand? Oh, she was a witch, obviously. Anne Boleyn. Mm, yes. Witchy, witchy Anne Boleyn. Although, of course, now historians ruin everything, don't they? Because they're like, oh, no, actually, it probably there was only Lucy one bloke. Lucy Bloody Worsley. Yeah, she's she got a lot to answer everything. for, hasn't she? Simon Sharma, bugger yeah. off. We like our myths, thank you. Thank but you. yeah, apparently. <laughs> So, your next question is, listen to this list of people. Gemma Arterton, yep. Harold Lloyd, yep. Daryl Hannah, yep. and Dave Allen. Yep. Which of those one is the odd one out? I mean, there's probably lots so, of reasons, um, but... Gemma Arterton, say them again, please. Gemma Arterton, yep. Harold Lloyd, yep. Daryl Hannah, yep. and Dave Allen. I'm going to say... Mm. Bearing in mind what the subject of the yeah, quiz is. I know, it's, I know it's about fingers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say... Maybe they all just really love buzzers. I'm going to say Dave Allen because he has fewer than the standard number of fingers and the others have extra fingers. <sighs> is it the wrong way around? Gemma Arterton definitely had extra finger. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, I know because I used to work with someone who went to school with her and she confirmed it. And she, well, she's very proud of it. Yeah. She's, she uh, had an extra finger. Um, so Gemma Arterton was the correct okay. answer for because she's the only one with she's extra. She's the one with extra. The others have fewer. Dave Allen, they've lost fingers Darryl somewhere Hannah on the way. And Harold Lloyd had all lost fingers. Harold Lloyd, well, in Harold the Lloyd course was of, to have done with yeah, all exactly. Stunts, wasn't all he? those uh, silent film stars all lost something, yeah. didn't they? Um, and Daryl Hannah, I think, because of a childhood accident, similarly to Dave Allen, had fewer fingers or wow. has fewer fingers. Good, good knowledge. In the Japanese yubitsume ritual, often linked to the Yakuza, the tip of which finger is usually cut off? Oh, I feel like I should know that. 
And your little finger. It is the I little think, finger. I feel like I've seen that in maybe a Tarantino film or some some yes. something. Yes, it's in a lot sinister. of films. It's yeah. in a lot of films. Um, the little finger also, a little extra bonus thing, uh, was always called the ear finger. Because it can get inside your ear. You we shouldn't put anything bigger than your elbow in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule. Well, my little finger isn't bigger than my elbow. I don't know what's, you know, you've got... But you, you should, yeah, you shouldn't because it's not safe like ear, ear, um, oh anything smaller buds. than your elbow yeah she'll put anything smaller than your elbow ah, okay no. yeah, yeah 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 fair enough all right amanda's doing I mean, something horrific on the other side of the desk it's more about the size than actually be able to get your elbow <laughs> days <laughs> so scientist joseph henry is credited with inventing the electric buzzer in which decade of the 1800s oh I don't even know what the, that buzzer would be used for because this is pre-quiz, surely. <laughs> what um, a waste of a buzzer. Yeah. Why did he It'll invent it? It'll be to it? summon a servant or something. Well, it was sort of doorbells. Uh, the yeah, I'll go 1840s. <sighs> no, it was the 1830s. 1831, oh, really to be exact. Uh, we say that, wow. we don't really know, but yeah, yeah 1831s. Definitely to summon his valet. Exactly. He had a, a crease in his slacks or something in his cricket trousers or something i don't know i think it was american so probably didn't wear he had a crease in his baseball trousers i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard that phrase before <laughs> hey, baseball I've got a crease in my baseball trousers <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so she talks about daryl hannah <laughs> <laughs> just rubbing out my baseball trousers <laughs> 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 And a final one. Now, you're definitely going to get this one. So this Uh-oh. is your final question. Who provides the voice of Buzz Lightyear in the Toy Story movies? Uh, He's a buzzer. He is. He, that, that's the buzz que- buzzer question. Yeah. Um, that's Tim Allen. Yeah. Notorious felon. Is he? Yeah, he got done for cocaine dealing. Did he? Back in the 80s. To time, yeah. Children love him, isn't that? Well, that's, it shows. Cancel culture. If this if it had happened now, he'd never worked again. Yeah. But there you go. He's rehabilitated, did that what was it called? Home improvement. Home improvement. That was his thing. Yeah. And there you go. And now, now he's one of the most famous buzzers in the world. Well, what a lovely tale of redemption. <laughs> uh, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs, kids, but congratulations, Jenny. You did terribly well on our fingers well, and buzzers bespoke quiz. It was it was tailored. It was. It was nice. Thank you. <laughs> Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We are delighted, thrilled and ecstatic to be joined by someone we've wanted as a guest on the show for a long time and we finally got him it is the one and only mr richard osman oh hello there i'm delighted too should i tell you what i was waiting for yeah before i came on Mm -hmm. so today i was waiting for one specific thing and that was you asking me 
Uh, and the most <laughs> it, was, <laughs> Do you know, it was. I it, thought it would be rude if I just turned up. It's I always the simplest things, isn't it? Yeah, we should have asked. There yeah, we go. See? You don't ask, you don't get. Well, we just wanted to build the tension, really. <laughs> oh, the, yes, Jeffy. Like after the coming up after the break. I yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we have you. We are going to quiz you fully on your life in quiz because obviously. Oh, we all know you as the font of all knowledge on Pointless, but you have had mm. a long and distinguished career both behind and in front of the camera. So tell us about how you got started. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with long career, distinguished career is pushing it a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been a producer for many years and I've sort of, unusually for producers, I've, I've, I've always been across two genres, one of which is comedy, and I've done an awful lot of comedy in my life, but the other one of which is quiz, which has always been my great love. So I've been a quiz producer for years and years and years is the truth mm -hmm. um and then i've been a weird sort of accidental quiz presenter for about 12 years um so I've, I, I sort of i think i cover pretty much the gamut i think i've been making quizzes since the mid 90s uh and um oh my goodness that's a long time isn't that so depressing <laughs> uh, but um yeah so i'm 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 i'm, I'm poacher turned gamekeeper essentially or am i gamekeeper turned poacher well, oh, I never, yeah. I never can tell which way. Well, I consider is. myself more of a poacher in front of the camera, <laughs> and yeah, I think poacher. Okay, I'm going to say I'm, I'm a poacher slash gamekeeper. <laughs> you're still poaching. You're still yeah. keeping yeah. keeping I, the I, game I, that you poach. I poach a bit. I gamekeep a bit. You know, depending on who's paying. You yeah. keep you keep each half of your career in work, really. Yes, you're a poacher exactly slash exactly gamekeeper. That. Well, also, exactly I mean, is there a massive distinction between the world of quiz, the world of comedy? Is it all just entertainment at the end of the day? To me, it is. I mean, to me, because, you know, I've done all sorts of panel shows. I mean, that, the, the company, I, that, um, my company, we make all sorts of things like um, Cats Does Countdown, for example. So that's 8 out of 10 Cats, which is mm -hmm. a panel show, and Countdown, which is essentially a game show. And you mix them together and, you know, they're perfect partners because it's the same thing essentially um you know in comedy panel shows they're sort of quizzes we ask questions we have points i mean they don't matter particularly mm. but equally they do matter because you're giving a narrative that goes from the start to the end which is we're going to ask some questions and someone's going to win and comedy as you know it always needs context that's what a panel show is it's sort of giving that quiz kind of um magic dust to uh, to to, to stand-ups but quiz has far more um the format has to be far more developed. The format is uh, is is absolutely the thing. It's mm. not just a kind of platform for people to be entertaining. It's more like a sport, if you know what I mean, with a set of rules. But now there's shows like House of Games. I would argue that I do mm. is sort of a mix between the two, because it's a real quiz and it's serious quiz. But at the same time, it has the sort of um, bones of a of a show where you want people to be entertaining and chat to you and have a laugh with you. Well, quiz show, game show, comedy, those sort of blurred lines. We often find doing this podcast that we we naturally stray into the world of game show or yeah. puzzle show or, you know, panel shows even. Like QI is an interesting one yeah. because it's... A, we struggle to define those kind yes. of shows, but I, I, w I would say that QI is much more a quiz show than, say, Countdown is. Because Countdown, there's, no. there's one question which is can you make a word out of these letters yeah and then occasionally can you can you do the sum it is yeah it's quite repetitive whereas qi there are questions with actual answers as a producer something like countdown is the dream because as a you know if you come up with quizzes they're really really hard to put together if you do pointless it's all very well coming up with that format but the work that goes into that show, every single show, mm. coming up with all these lists, mm. putting them to the hundred people, having to get rid of all the lists that don't really work because the spread of answers isn't mm. right, yeah. uh, and then having to come up with different ways of doing it. Like every single show is incredibly difficult. You come up with a show like Countdown, and <laughs> with respect to Countdown, which I adore, yeah. but it's just the, the you just need twenty six letters it and plays itself. ten numbers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's exactly the same thing every single day, <laughs> and, and yet and we're still fascinating. It. Well, exactly. It just well, it, exactly because because we we enjoy that test and that as a as a as a producer, you just think, oh, I mean, because I did Deal or No Deal. Mm. Right? I was one of the, uh, the, yeah. the first execs on Deal or No Deal. Now it's a tough show to put together, Deal or No Deal. There's an awful lot of moving parts, but the game is the same. 
Mm. It's just those boxes. You're not every day going to go, oh, God, what are the questions for today? Yeah. Let's load all the questions into the machine. Have these all been verified three times? All you've got to do is put 22 sums of money in 22 boxes and make sure they're all there. And then just begin. You know, and that's an app. So, I mean, that to me... That's the dream, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah minimise your ongoing workload. <laughs> some shows, I watch some shows and I just think, oh, my God, this must be so hard to mm. make. You know, especially shows with lists, you know, like Tenable and Pointless and Who Dares Wins and all those things. Shows with lists, you just think, oh, that poor production team. Labour intensive. Because the chase is kind of, it, it's, it's intensive because of the questions. Yeah, there's, there's a like, lot, yeah. Yeah, you, but you're just coming up with questions, which is the sort of thing that a great question team can do until the cows come home. Mm, mm. But, but certain shows, I, you know, I, I do, I, I watch certain shows and just think, oh, God, I wouldn't want to be producing that. Yeah. Well, and I suppose uh, with your producer's hat on, yeah. um, you, uh, you know. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Just pop it on. Just yeah, pop the, on. Yeah. Yeah, I got it on. Take off your presenter's tights. Oh, no, you're pitching them. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I've, I could pitch all day my terrible <laughs> ideas. but oh, no, um, I, haven't got, I, I haven't got my commissioning editing hat on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst hat. I don't think people are wearing hats anymore. <laughs> the commissioning editor's hat is just like a sort of a hanging judge's mortar, isn't it? If you just yeah, put something a, on your head any, and say no. Um, Speaking of somebody with a number of commissions currently in British television, I would say commissioning editor's hat is a very beautiful thing. That sets off their <laughs> they do a very hard job and we admire them very much. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. we do. Um, but uh, so when you are, obviously you've got your format, you have yeah. something that is either simple or complicated, but you know it's going to work and you are looking for your host your talent Um, what do you think who a who are your favorites obviously alexander armstrong um, a great guy um bradley walsh we love but um who do you think are the all-time greats in quiz show hosting um it's a good question because it's very very hard to do it's hard to come up with hosts and sometimes you, you know with all the best women in the world you come up with shows i must have worked on 40 quizzes mm. over the years, by and large. Any host wants to do them because if you get a long-running quiz, that's a lovely bit of business. Mm-hmm. Bradley's doing 250 shows a year on ITV Money. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's worth doing, right? It's not bad. Quite why, he does, quite why he does Doctor Who, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, so, so you, you get a pretty good choice of hosts. So whoever's sort of new, whoever kind of... Who, who, if ever the BBC have got somebody, or right, if you've got someone who's a new bit of talent, if you've got like Stephen Mulhern a few years ago, or, mm-hmm. you know, Ori a few years ago on, on, on the BBC, they're sort of the next in line. They're the next taxi off the rank um, to do quizzes. Uh, as producers, listen, you always want to go for, for a Schofield or a, or a Bradley or someone like that, or, you know, Sue Barker, you know, Claire Borden, to somebody who can absolutely do the job. Mm-hmm. But often you can be told who your host is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe someone who's done well on Strictly the previous year, or, you know, maybe to someone who's, uh, you know, maybe a Rylan, for example, and a Rylan yeah. can turn his hands to anything. We love to do anything now. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you get it completely wrong. We did a show years ago called Shafted, right, which for... Oh, yes. <laughs> it may have been uh, mentioned, yes. Richard, on the oh, show really? before. Okay, good. Mm. Now, so, so, well, I, I was there the whole time so any questions you have you ask me um, fascinated now, fascinated start to finish shafted. talk us through it it was a, it was a neat format shafted where you mm-hmm. sort of have half questions and you got that share or shaft moment at the end which mm-hmm. we then nicked and put on golden ball yes yeah and so you know it really did work actually so we did loads and loads of run-throughs it was really interesting those are different dynamics those are different ways to play it. And then that big moment at the end, which if people don't know, it's that this is the prisoner's dilemma where if you both say share, you share the money. If one of you says shaft, the other says share, the person who says shaft wins all the money. If you both say shaft, no one gets the money. Mm-hmm. And 15 odd years ago when that came out, that was sort of quite in vogue, that kind of um, that kind of telling. Much the theatre of cruelty kind of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah and it was just that psychological thing mm. as well, decision-making. So we played it through, played it through, and it's great. You know, really, really worked. And Anne Robinson, of course, was doing Weakest Link. And so the, 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 the consensus was, oh, we, we, we like mean. Mean is what we like. That's the thing that we like. And so ITV asked us to use Kilroy. Who's the meanest person you can think of? <laughs> <laughs> he was the Jeremy you know Kyle of his day for the younger, yeah, uh, yeah. The younger the listeners. Youngest. That is exactly right. He was the Jeremy Kyle of his day. Uh, and, you know, you do a few run-throughs with him. And he was—he absolutely could do the 
gig, you know, he knew what he was doing, paused at the right time, knew what he was about. And then, of course, you watch the first episode going out. And this is, we're pretty, we've made loads of things. You know, we've had hits, we've had misses. Mm-hmm. You watch the first thing go out and you just go, oh, of course that's the wrong idea. Oh. Of course that's mm-hmm. the wrong idea. Yes. We've got this show that sort of already has a slight meanness to it. And then you put someone that people are not going to particularly warm to yeah. and you've got double mean. You know, whereas Anne Robinson was mean, but Weakerson's not really mean. You know, it's sort of quite a neat little elimination format. Mm. But this was double mean, and you immediately go, oh, and it was taken off air after two episodes. Mm. Now, I will say, for fans of ratings, it was taken off air because it got six and a half million viewers. Wow. And that was considered a failure. Amazing. Times have changed. What would you give for six and a half million now? There's someone sitting at home right now who would have done episode six of that. Took home two hundred and fifty thousand pound, and it's never been on television. <gasps> no wow. way! And they got the money. Yeah, yeah they got. Oh, yeah, of course they got the money. Tax free. Sweet gig. And you know, all their friends are going. Did you really get that? Were you really on television? We've never seen any evidence of it. <laughs> Suddenly, they just came into two hundred. We can deny grand. you ever oh. met Robert Kilroy Silk. Then, though, that's <laughs> true. Cockamamie tale about Kilroy Silk. <laughs> They're sharing and shafting. Wow. But, you know, then you kind of, we cannibalise that and put Sharon Shaft and Jasper Carrick did it. And because he's a much sort of yeah. more approachable, likeable mm. guy, you know, it played against type and it kind of, and it worked. And well, Golden Balls Golden was Balls. funny, you know, and you, there was, it was actually quite sort of when there were real bastards on it. Yeah, and you yeah, felt yeah. like they were kind of getting their comeuppance and it yeah. yeah and you felt they were letting Jasper down yes yes you know exactly. and that was good with Kilroy you thought oh, I bet Kilroy approved of that yes uh, <laughs> Golden Balls for Quiz Geeks Golden Balls is one of these interesting <laughs> things right and, and anyone who's ever developed a quiz show will tell you that there are certain shows that are brilliant fun to play you know that are brilliant so any run through everyone's going this is amazing mm-hmm. but actually you then bring in a commissioner and they go, what on earth am I watching? <laughs> and Golden Balls, although it was a good watch, is brilliant fun to play. I mean, it is a great game to play. And actually, I think a better game to play than it, than it was to watch, even though it was a successful show. But it's one of those ones where sometimes, you know, your, 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 your brain kind of goes, well, this is, must be the best show ever. And then you realise, oh, no, it's the best show to play rather than to mm. watch. Do you still, even now, I mean... Uh, do you sort of feel your judgment has improved to a point where you can tell most of the time whether a format is going to succeed or fail, or is there still a huge element of chance and doubt? I think I'm really, I'm very good with other people's uh-huh. formats. Yeah. So, you know, if I see, you know, the first time I saw the repair shop, I thought, yeah, that's a huge hit. That's Amazing. going to run forever. Yeah. With my formats, if I'd seen the first episode of Pointless, I'd have gone, well, I don't think so. <laughs> that's not going to go anywhere. Um, the chase, obviously, from the very beginning, was very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I would have a better strike rate than an average viewer. Mm. I certainly would have a much better strike rate than Twitter. <laughs> this is the worst show I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. Well, the masked singer was a really interesting one to watch yeah. on Twitter because it started off with, "Oh, this rubbish you know, is this nonsense." You just go, but it's not because you don't know what the producer. The producers have got this whole series planned. Mm. They know where they're leading you. They know where they're taking you. They're not just you doing the first two minutes of this and that's it. And so as a producer, you can watch things and go, yeah, this is like Gogglebox when everyone just said, mm. well, this is a new low. And you just think, no, you can. <laughs> as a producer, you go, oh, I'd love to have my hands on this show because it works beautifully. So I think, I think I'm not bad, but at the same time, so many times I've had shows that I thought would do well and didn't, and I've had shows that I didn't think would do well. And did. Is there one? The only show I ever did that I thought, well, this is a definite hit and was, was Deal or No Deal. You just knew mm-hmm. instantly. You know, you just think, oh, listen, we're not going to miss it. And especially when we got Noel on board yeah. and he, he did a few run throughs. You just think this has got a hit written all over it. But it's very rare that that happens. And is there one that you think, I wish that had succeeded and I don't really know why it didn't? Or is there such. Some- well, they tell you an in- <laughs> star. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's made by my very good friend Glenn Hugill, who mm-hmm. every you know he does five gold rings, and he's you know just be, he's brilliant at quiz because he pays such close attention to the format. And of course, he was very very heavily involved in um, in Deal or No Deal, so to speak. Mm. May or may not know. So <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, the interesting thing is so pointless. I, I honestly would have thought this is a one season wonder, but pointless is based on. 
show called Beat the Nation, which we've made Ooh. maybe five years before, oh, yeah. hosted by Graham Garden and Tim Brooke Taylor. And Beat the Nation was a show where we'd asked it was general knowledge questions. We'd asked all of them to 100 people. And because I sort of got obsessed with that thing of how do you make questions fair? Mm-hmm. You know, how can you actually tell that a show is fair? So I thought, well, I'll ask the questions to 100 people. And the fewer people who got the answer will give you more points. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because that seems fair. So, and it had a lovely end game where you have to you have a ladder where you answer a question that ninety percent of Britain could answer, then one that eighty percent could answer, then seventy percent, until you get an, a question that nobody in Britain could answer, and then you win the jackpot. Uh, and so that's point, you know, that's pointless. But we gave people more points rather than fewer points. And the second you go, oh no, let's give it this different name. Uh, it becomes a hit. But Beat the Nation, I always thought. And that's why it was always in my head, that scoring system. You know, so when yeah. Pointless came along, you think, oh, that's interesting. So you use parts of old shows sometimes to create new ones. If, if you've got an idea that you know is good. I've got an end game now, which I know is good. I know it's good. And we tried it on three or four different things, and it's never worked. Wow, but, but it's, I know it'll work. it's going to be day one work. day that will be the thing. Yeah. Is there anything of someone else's that you wish you could nick? Um, well, it's interesting because I uh, I uh, created Survivor first thing I ever did on telly. Yes, you know, so that thing is the first show voting off and stuff. Mm. Uh, and I've been to see this is ridiculous. I've been to see the Jean-Paul Sartre play at the end of a festival. Head his other people, and that gave me the thought that you have a room full of people and you vote off the least popular, mm. and that's Survivor. Uh, and I was under contract for Plenty of Twenty Four, so never made any money of it, and this that the other. And when David Young came up with Weakest Link. I thought, ah, oh, that's so annoying. Why didn't I just, why didn't I rip myself off? Yes. So, you know, we'll do this thing, you vote people off, and it's such a lovely thing for a quiz. But of course, David, because he has a great development team and a great development ethic, made it so beautiful. So we're all sort of Rolls Royce yes. uh, of a format. Uh, but that I've always regretted. I always think, oh, but you had that idea and you love quizzes yeah. and you didn't wake up one morning sometimes happens and just think oh i'll just put the two of those things together um and i wish that i had very clever well and also yeah always this is quite i think for our listeners who many of whom are interested in devising and pitching Mm. quizzes you know don't give up on an idea if you really love it is quite a good lesson to learn i suppose a hundred percent if you've got sometimes it's it's the there's a little mechanic that's the thing and you can you can you can use a mechanic and so like the voting off thing you could do that in 50 or 60 different ways. And I know the very original version of Weakest Link was very different mm-hmm. to the one that made it onto screen. But sometimes if you've got that mechanic that just works, then keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. And at some point, the right host will come along yeah. or the right, just, just a clever, or even a title, like Pointless. Yeah. You know, the title really oh, God, makes that show. People love as well, every time Pointless Celebrities is on, making the same joke on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I mean, you well, know, you, you get that every time. I mean, when it first came out, people honestly on Twitter would go, oh, that's quite an ironic title, isn't it? I don't think uh, yes. you thought that through. You think, yeah, you don't reckon what in the six months of development, no one thought, are we describing them as pointless? Well, I, which I have to say, I mentioned SingStar because that's, that's kind of where we had a, a paths-crossing moment many years ago. Oh, yeah. I was one of the question writers on SingStar. And one day we all got... Um, we all got corralled into an office with a lot of the guys from Golden Bowls and asked wow. to answer several questions. So you have um, a certain length of time to name as many qu- as many stations on the central line as you can. Write them all down. I was like, what, is, what is happening here? <laughs> and as I explained, there was a, a, a format in development just uh, just down the corridor. And I thought, well, I'll keep my eye on this one. And yeah, yes. And one day I'm going to be a bitter rival. <laughs> that format isn't it funny how life uh, life, you know it is it's 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 a lovely world the world of quiz development i have to say and anyone who starts off in question writing they're just the best people i mean it's a wonderful job and they're so smart and that's what i love about house of games house of games is a real it's a it's like a a a hymn to the art of the question writer Mm -hmm. because you've got all these lovely just new ways and silly ways and funny ways of doing questions and it's sort of saying look these are the these are the people and everyone has we have all these brilliant ideas for shows and you think oh it's not really a full show it's just a round in a show yes uh, and yes. on this one we just think well great we'll just Fair. do it yes that's and so true we've all had those ideas again where you can make a full yeah. show out of it yeah 
And you say to them, oh, we need a question, but the answer's got to be inside the question somewhere. You've got to hide the answer in the question. They go, great. I'll go away and write 30 of those and I'm really going to enjoy it. Well, you've got the lovely, so, um, lovely Jack. the lovely Jack Yo, haven't you, who is Yeah, we've got, I mean, we've got such an amazing gang of people on it because I never know the answers. I never look at the questions before I do that show, which mm. makes it a lot more fun for me. <laughs> and so sometimes I'm reading out a question and you just go, oh my God, that's brilliant. That's, yeah, they're works of art. Some of them are absolute works of art, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, no, they really are. That's a, it's, a, it's an absolute joy. But the, the real heroes of House of Games are the... Uh, other question writers. Good, well, we'll get them on. We won't bother talking to you next time, you know. Oh, God, yeah, I, know. I mean, I would if I were you. <laughs> You're a mere poacher, that's all you are. Well, it has been yeah. an absolute delight talking to you. And now that we know all we have to do is ask you, then we may well ask you oh. back again. Because we have. Time you like. It's the one thing I'm happy to bore on about for oh, ages. Oh, God, yeah. well, we love it. And it's been so brilliant talking to you. Thank you so, so much for, uh, for having pleasure. a chat. Mr. Richard Osman. Okay, now it's time for my favourite part of the show. It's the listener quiz <laughs> with Amanda Redman. Amanda's going to be quizzing us with uh, Alan Stubbs. Andrew was adorable. Andrew. You're thinking of the, the footballer, <laughs> Alan Stubbs. Alan Stubbs. It's Andrew Stubbs. Sorry, Andrew. I especially enjoyed Andrew's email when he said, I'm singing this. Listen to quiz, <laughs> listen to quiz, and that was the title of the listen email, and I thought quiz. that was adorable. Lovely. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. So, what has Andrew got for us? Well, it's a quiz all about quizzes. Oh. Great. TV quizzes. Oh, so, great. yeah. Oh. It's, um, it should be all right on this, technically, but. And we've got a buzzer. I'll just oh, show yeah. you the buzzer noise. And um, it's between Jenny and I, so uh, it's fastest finger first. Yeah. Yeah, fastest palm, palm first because it, <laughs> it's it quite takes a big quite a bit of effort yeah. to, to press this buzzer. Question one: Robert Robertson was, of course, the original host of Ask the Family, but who hosted the revival show in 1999? Lucy, <gasps> no, I'm wrong. I was going to say Dick and Dom, but it wasn't no. Dick and Dom. Unfortunately, not. So, throwing it over to Jenny. I will say, oh my God, who was it? Simon Mayo. Oh no, it wasn't. So I'm going to throw it open to both of you. Give us a clue. I'm going to give you a clue. Um, He looks a lot like my (laughs) (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Oh well, that of course will be Alice Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) Alice, call me. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, people used to say that it was. He looked like. This person, I'm Patrick Swayze. Does that help? No, it doesn't. Oh. He's also a world-famous gardener, or a UK-famous gardener. That's me buzzing. Um, Alan Titchmarsh. Yes, it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> How does Alan Titchmarsh look like Patrick Swayze? Well, my boy, his boyfriend used to get both of them. Wow. And, yeah. That's quite a wow. mashup. <laughs> well, it's a mashup wow. I particularly enjoy. <laughs> So to speak. <laughs> you enjoyed his mashup. Um, moving on swiftly to question number Please. two. <laughs> right, okay, this has got quite a long answer to it, but okay. Egg <laughs> It's got quite a long question. Egg Question number two is how many glasses of fizz is a matter? <laughs> Whilst not speaking Too many, for ages <laughs> and now having to speak. Eggheads was broadcast since 1990. Oh, Egg Cat. Egg Cups. Egg Cups. Eggheads has broadcast since 2003. True. How many eggheads eggheads have there been in that time? That's really good. I should be able to work that out. Um, Well, I'm just tempted to just. I'll guess and then see if I can pre Lucy. Okay, I'm going to guess that there have been nine eggheads. Incorrect. Uh, You're going to go higher or lower, Jenny? Higher. Go for it. Uh, 11. Correct. Oh, very good. So are we able to name 11? Yes. Yes, go for it. Yes. Um, So your classic lineup was, it was Judith Keppel. Yeah. It was Chris Hughes, Kevin Ashman, Daphne. The sainted Daphne, patron saint of Lady Quizzes, mm-hmm. um, and Cidre de Moy. Um, then we had the Are You an Egghead generation join. So we had um, the late, great Dave Rainford and Pat Gibson. Um, we have Lisa Teal. 
Beth McClure. Well, she's not Beth McClure. Beth Webster, she is. Sorry, Beth. Um, well, no, actually, sorry, Simon, for um, <laughs> forgetting that she got married many years ago. <laughs> Steve Cook. And there is one more. Uh, oh, of course, Barry Simmons. There we go. Nice. The full lineup. Wow. Good work. I should pay tribute at this point to Dave Rainford, who is one of the most genuinely lovely people I've ever met through quiz and he was so supportive I knew he was really supportive of my career because he would message me whenever he saw me um, whenever there was any development in, in my career or I did anything like X Factor he was he was always in touch with me even when he was in hospital in the um, later months of his life and I found out after he passed away in uh, it was in February uh, that he'd done that for dozens of other quizzes who he'd seen. Aww. You know, he'd, he, there were people he'd befriended because he'd seen them on other quizzes and he got in touch through Facebook because they have mutual friends and he was just Mr. Supportive and, and he's going to be so, so missed Let's by the quiz community. Let's raise glass And this is exactly what he would have wanted because he liked a beer, did that gentleman. Aww. So to tremendous knowledge, Dave, <coughs> it's exactly what Dave would want. More quiz, <laughs> please. On the quiz. Okay, so in that case, this question is dedicated to Dave. Question three. In It to Win It was presented by Dale Winton for its entire run. Mm-hmm. In which year was it first broadcast? <gasps> oh, uh... Lucy. Okay, I'm going to go for 2004. Incorrect. I will say I'm going to go earlier than that. I'm going to go 1999. No. Okay. So just guess Somewhere the years between. in between. <laughs> 2001. <laughs> No. No, because I know, because, oh gosh, so Red Alert was 2000. I feel like In It To Win It ran alongside a lot of other quizzes. Mm. So it was like the one, the other things like Red Alert came on as a, in the off season of In It To Win It. Okay. I remember auditioning for In It To Win It in about 2004. So should we go 2003? No. 1998. Sorry, what did you 2002. Yes, correct, Lucy. I'm going to steal that point. I don't care. (laughs) 2002. And again, here's to Dale. What a legend. Fantastic host. Question number four. Can you name the six Egyptian hieroglyphs used in the first round of Only Connect? Uh, Yes, we can. Yes. We'll alternate, shall we? Go on, Lucy. You start Uh, us off. What what would you start if you were presented with the board then? Because I think there's an obvious... Twin read thing. Why would you start with two reads? That's madness. <laughs> well, There's, to be fair, that's what the Andrew started with. Well, so no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. I wouldn't pick that first. I would always pick either the lion or the yeah. horned viper. Mm-hmm. Those are the two that you start with. Mm-hmm. You're mad if you go for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's definitely tactics behind which one and it's not just, they've already been randomly assigned. No, 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 definitely. Um, so we've got three of them. Go on. Your turn now. I've I done, don't know. I've done two in a row. Um, oh, my mind's gone blank now. Water. Mm-hmm. I've Horus. Yes. One more. Um, oh, God, why have I thought? <laughs> I've forgotten all about it. Um, uh, it's not like I wasn't watching it last night. I just can't, I just always think of Haunted Viper. Horned Viper, because I like saying it. <laughs> Horned Viper. Horned. Okay, what is it? Can you, can you dance? Sheaves of wheat. Uh, I was just thinking what I could... I can't really describe what this would look like, if I'm honest. I mean, I could do a sounds like. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like fisted... Max. Twisted, uh, the twisted, twisted flax. flax. Yeah, the twisted of flax. Of course, course the it is. Twisted flax. <laughs> he loves it. Shut up. <laughs> Max, write in with your own quiz. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, question number five. There is another one after this as well, so we can do... Because I've lost count of the scores, but it's a friendly Jenny's game. winning. <laughs> Let's Probably. just put it that way. <laughs> On a previous episode of Fingers on Buzzers, you spoke to Roger Tilling, who provides the voiceover for University Challenge. Yes. Who preceded him in that role? Oh, God, we know this as well, because he was sort of Pot handed guy, yeah. the role by his predecessor, wasn't he? Oh, what a... Oh, that is an, a, a brilliant uh, question. And that is it. level seven. That's yeah. level seven. No, um, you're going to have to help us out with that, I think. Come I don't on. know. Sounds like... <laughs> fisted Max. <laughs> was it Max fisted is Max? at it again. <laughs> Kim Dope. Tim Pope. 
What did you say? Tim Pope. Tim Hope. <laughs> Stop saying Tim. Oh. And say what you just said, but not saying Tim. Jim Hope. Jim Hope. Jim. Press the buzzer. Was it Jim Hope? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I cannot remember at all. Jim Pope. Press the buzzer, please, Jenny. Is it Jim Pope? <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> this is such fun after this many bottles of wine. <laughs> I can't remember what I just said. <laughs> what did I say two seconds ago? No, I can't remember. Right. Okay. The uh, optional extra question slash tiebreaker. Yeah, I think okay. we need a tiebreaker. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, uh, what? Okay. Oh. I did read this earlier on today, but um, I'm just going to reconnect with. <laughs> I'm going to reconnect with the material. Oh yes, this is a this is a great question. What is the link that connects the quiz shows mentioned, apart from the obvious that they're all quiz shows? Mm-hmm. Wow, only connect in it oh. to win it. I've not got an answer. Oh. <laughs> only connect in it to win it. University challenge. Um, Eggheads uh, and ask the family. Oh, BBC Two. No, no. only to win it. It's terrible. Mm. Most of the other ones are though. They have all had two hosts. Only two hosts. No. Right, I'm going to be very sure that you probably won't get it. Am I allowed to just give yeah, the answer? Because yeah. I think this is a really great point. So each of the quiz shows mentioned begins with each of the five vowels. Ask <gasps> the family, eggheads, in it's a win it, only connecting university. Oh, that's like an only word. connect within, a, within a, a quiz about quizzes, wow. which mentions only connect. What that I, I think Brilliant. Listen the quiz. Listen the quiz Thank by you. Andrew, Stubbs. Andrew Stubbs. What a star. Well, what fun we've had again, Jen. We've had an absolute hoot. It's and lovely to be back in the studio. Oh, you? so much fun and such a great guest to start us off, the wonderful Richard Osman. We could not have wished for better. An amazing man and also another amazing man, Andrew Stubbs, who provided a superb listener quiz. There's, there's a lot to live up to for future listener quizzes. But I think you can do it. Write in with your listener quizzes to fingersbuzzers at gmail.com. We look forward to being quizzed by you. We do. Thank you very much for joining us. See you next time on Fingers, Fingers on Buzzers. Fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Porter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin McLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.